haven't met yet, my name is Meredith, and I'm just so glad you could all be here tonight. Um, if I can actually get my Bible passers to come down right away, that would be fantastic. We'll just get that going. If you need a Bible tonight, just raise your hand, and these guys will get one to you. And as always, that is either yours to borrow for the night, or if you just want to keep it forever, that is great too. Totally up to you. So while they do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Lord Jesus, um, I just thank you so much for bringing us all here tonight, God. Thank you so much for just what you're doing this quarter. Um, thank you for friendship, and thank you for winter camp, and thank you for midterms probably almost being over. Um, yeah, Lord, you're just good, and I'm excited to see what you have to say this evening. And so I just pray that you would prepare each of our hearts to hear what you want to say to us and guide my words, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you guys have been with us for most of the quarter, you probably remember that the first five weeks we were going through the book of Philippians, which talked a lot about how to relate with God and how to relate with other people. So now for the next five weeks, or I guess four weeks now, we're going to be building off that theme through our series called Relate, which if you haven't figured out is about relationships. Ta-da. I know. Shocking. Um, so to kick us off last week, Taylor shared just a fantastic message about relating to God. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. It was so good. Um, I actually wasn't here last week. Brandon and I <laughs> were on vacation. So, haha. <laughs> um, but I got to hear the message because on Fridays we do like a teacher's meeting thing where we give each other feedback. And so I actually got to hear his message and really, really enjoyed it. I think my favorite quote from that message was, the kingdom of God is established through relationships. The kingdom of God is established through relationships. And that phrase is just like so simple and yet also so profoundly true, right? God could have chosen any imaginable way to bring his kingdom here on this earth. He could have just like ordered everyone to follow him and say, hey, you have to like obey me now. He could have written his law across the sky and said, this is my law, do what it says. He could have done anything, right? He's God. But he chose to use relationships. He chose to use our ability to relate with him, our ability to relate with this earth and with other people to bring his kingdom here. I think that's really amazing and really beautiful, right? So tonight we're going to continue talking about these different relationships, and specifically we're going to be focusing on friendships. And I love this topic because I genuinely believe that friendships are one of God's greatest gifts to us. And I don't know about you guys, but if I look back over the whole like course of my life, there are so many points where God has used my friends to significantly shape and impact me. For example, one of the reasons Brandon and I are married today is because my best friend Emily gave me awesome wisdom while we were dating. Okay, so I don't think there's too many people here who know Emily anymore. Maybe just like the Wins and a couple other people. Um, but Emily and I were roommates during college, and we were both super involved in Chi Alpha. And to this day, she's like one of my favorite people in the whole world. When I first met her, um, I remember she'd come over. I was a sophomore, and she was a freshman. And she would come over to my apartment, and she would sit on my couch. And I was like, does this girl ever talk? Because she would come, and she would like sit on my couch. And she had like one of those really, it was 2011. So she had one of those really cool flip phones that like slid up. And then it also slid the other way. Yep. 
it wasn't a Blackberry. I don't know what it was. It was something else. Um, but it was, I thought it was cool. Anyway, so she didn't talk a lot. She just kind of like slid her phone and was like on her phone. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, but after I got to know her, I realized she actually does talk quite a bit and has a lot of opinions. And she has kind of a crazy side. And so back in the day, our friend group was always the friend group that was pulling pranks in Chi Alpha. I don't know. I think we need more pranks these days. You guys are kind of slacking. Maybe Kennedy's carrying the team. I don't know. Um, so yeah, we just had a lot of fun in college. I have some fun and kind of embarrassing pictures of our friend group. I don't know if it's up there. Okay. On this side, this is our friend group. We were clearly really normal people. Um, I'm the one that looks like me, and then Emily's in the black in the back. And guys, like genuinely today, I looked for a normal picture of us in college. I was like, there's got to be one where we're like, you know, posing. No, like <laughs> this is what I've got. So um, I also put, she was in my wedding. And so there's an actual normal picture of us too. But yeah, um, so back to my story. <laughs> one, one of the things I appreciate most about my friendship with Emily is that she was always steady and she always gave really great straightforward biblical advice. So I, on the other hand, tended to, and honestly, like, still tend to, panic and think worst case. But Emily always brought me back to the truth. So when I would panic, when I would get stressed out, she'd be like, no, 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 this is what scripture says, this is what the Bible says, this is, like, logical. And I remember one time, when Brandon and I had been dating for about a month, I called Emily in a panic, because I had this really big issue. My new boyfriend was texting me, like, ten times a day. <laughs> And he was saying things like, you're so pretty, and like, I really like you, and oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're dating. And yes, this is this Brandon Davis, who I'm now married to. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so logically you would think I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so nice that like he's saying all of these things. But me, on the other hand, again, the worst case scenario thinker, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're moving way too fast. I can't keep up with this. He's saying way too many things all at once. And so I called Emily and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this big problem. Like, I think I might have to break up with him. Like, I don't know. I told you, I was a worst case thinker. Um, so she very patiently listened. And she's like, oh, so like, he says too many nice things to you. <laughs> okay. And she calmly explained that maybe it just wasn't like the worst problem in the world that I had a nice boyfriend who said <laughs> nice things to me. And that just maybe instead of drastically breaking up with him, I should like talk to him and say, hey, can you tone it back a little bit? So long story short, I agreed that this sounded more logical. Brandon and I had a great conversation, and here we are today, married. So thank you, Emily, for that advice. Um, but honestly, if I like, didn't have her in my life at that time, I don't know like, what I would have done. I might have ended one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given me because I irrationally panicked about something so small. And I know that this is like kind of a funny, silly example, but isn't it true that our friends have so much influence in our lives? 
And I bet all of us have moments like this that we can look back on, moments where our lives would look very different today if it wasn't for the wisdom of a friend. So tonight we're going to be looking at three different traits of what makes up a true friend. And to do that, we're going to take a look at the book of Proverbs. But before we do that, I want to make sure that we actually understand why this matters so much. Like, why does it actually matter to have a biblical understanding of friendship? So we're going to do something a little bit different right now. I actually want you to turn to the person next to you and answer a question. You're going to answer the question, when you hear the word friendship, what comes to mind? So take just a second and turn to the person next to you and answer that. All right, go ahead and wrap it up. So for me, when the word, when I, um, when I hear that question and I think about friendship, it brings up images of like specific people in my life, right? Maybe you guys, some of you guys said like, oh, I think of like this person. Uh, maybe you talked about like memories or like fun things that you used to do with friends. Maybe for some of you, there's like some hurt even in there in the past of like different friendships. Maybe it makes you miss some people. I think most of the time when we think about friendship, we think about people who like happen to be in our life. We think about the fun things like this, right? I think one thing that doesn't typically come to our mind right away is the degree of influence our friends have over our lives. Like I'd be willing to bet in your conversations, you probably didn't say like, oh yeah, the first thing I think of is like how much my friend shaped me. How much they shaped my thinking, how much they shaped my decisions, how much they shape our actions, even like our personality. Right, that probably doesn't come up as the first thing we think about. But one very important part of friendship is that they actually have the power to mold the quality of our character and change the trajectory of our lives. Okay, they have the power to mold the quality of our character and change the trajectory of our lives. And we actually don't get the luxury of asking how, or excuse me, <laughs> we don't get the luxury of asking, will my friend influence me? We have to ask, how are they influencing me? Because the people in our life will influence, influence us one way or another, right? And if we want to be people who are sold out to following Jesus, who live in a manner worthy of the gospel, like we talked about in Philippians, we must surround ourselves with friends who are committed to the same thing. And I don't mean by this that we can't have friends who aren't Christians. Like, Jesus hung out with people who were not Christians all the time, who weren't yet following him. But his closest companions, his, like, inner circle, were the disciples, right? They were people who were also committed to living for the Lord. And so why does it matter that we talk about biblical friendship? Well, it matters because your friends will shape who you are for the rest of your life. Like, your friends right now in college are going to shape who you are for the rest of your life. The friends you make after you graduate and you go off into the workplace will shape who you are for the rest of your life. Make sense? So with that in mind, let's take a look at the three traits of a true friend, okay? So trait number one, a true friend is reliable. So grab your Bibles um, and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. I think it's also up on the screen, maybe. Haha, there it is. Yes. Um, it says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. 
In other words, a true friend is there for you in the good times and in the bad times. They don't bail on you when life gets hard or you're going through a rough patch. They are there. They're present. And one of the most powerful ways anyone has ever demonstrated this kind of friendship to me was actually um, a few years back. I was going through a really dark season of depression. I was on some medication that really like messed up my body. And one of the main side effects was that be I became like super depressed. Um, and it was to the extent that it was actually like, really challenging to get work done. It was challenging to have healthy relationships. And one of the things that made it very difficult in that season was I happened to live alone. So this was before me and Brandon were married. Um, so I'd go to work and like kind of distract myself throughout the day. But then I'd come home and I'd have like no one to talk to, no one to distract me, no one to encourage me. It was like just me and the TV, friends, yay. Um, like the TV show, friends. <laughs> um, and Melissa and Tony, on those nights when it was like really, really challenging for me to be my by myself, blessed me so much because they would invite me over to spend the night at their house. And it didn't matter how late it was or how inconvenient it was for them. I would like call them or text them and they'd say, yeah, of course, like come over. It'd be like 1130 at night and they would like sit there and like process with me what I was feeling. We'd like watch something together. They'd give me a hug and I could like literally spend the night at their house. They didn't say, like, oh, Meredith's, like, really not fun to be around right now. Like, I don't want to hang out with her. They did just the opposite. They, like, invited me into their home. They invited me into their life even more. And that was such a powerful example to me of what it means to be a reliable friend. Like, that just meant the world to me. So reliable friends don't just ditch when things get hard. They're willing to sacrifice their convenience. They're willing to sacrifice their comfort or their time or whatever it is to to be there to serve the people that they love. So I'd love for you guys right now to think about the friends in your life. Are there people in your life who will stick by your side no matter what? Are they there when things get hard? And as we think about this, I think one common lie the devil will sometimes try and put, our head, put in our head is that you're not worth having friends like that that maybe like you're too much of a burden if you ask for help, or maybe like people won't like you if you keep asking for help. And I just wanna say like, if that is you tonight, if you resonate with any of those thoughts, I just want you to know that those things are absolutely not true, okay? You are so valued, you are created in the image of God, you are God's child, and you are so worth the investment of others. Every single person in this room is worth the investment of others. God designed us to live in community, and that means we get to rely on each other for help when things get hard. That's part of living in community. I also want to encourage you to think about if you are willing to be this kind of friend for another person. Are you a reliable friend? When someone calls you for help, what is your gut reaction? Like if you think of someone calling you up and they're like, oh man, I'm in a pickle right now, I need help. What's your gut reaction to that? Are you like, yeah, I'm totally there? Or are you like, oh man, that's like kind of inconvenient. That would be like a wrestling point for me. How am I doing, ask yourself, how am I doing at being a reliable friend? Okay, so that is the first trait, being a reliable friend. The second trait of a true friend is that true friends sharpen us. True friends sharpen us. 
Take a look with me at Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So this verse immediately makes me think of the image of like two blades or two knives. I don't know. You can create your own image. I think of like kitchen knives. Maybe you think of swords. Um, If you're into cooking and you like want to sharpen your chef's knife or whatever, you know that you have like the other piece of metal and you like slide it up and down to sharpen the knife and it like makes it more effective, right? Honing rod. rod. Is that the actual name? You use a honing rod. That's cool. Thank you, Brayden. Um, But it makes the knife more effective. And that's exactly what this verse is talking about. It's saying that friends are there to sharpen each other. They're there to make each other better. They're there to make each other more effective. For example, we probably all know at this point that my husband Brandon loves playing golf. You know, shocking. No idea. Um, And he especially loves playing golf with Ryan Lawyer. Where is Ryan? (laughs) Ryan, wave at us. Thank you. So why does Brandon love playing golf with Ryan? Well, he loves playing golf with Ryan because they sharpen each other at golf, right? They make each other better. They're both, like, super passionate about the game. They love to compete. They love to, like, help each other learn new skills. They encourage each other if they get frustrated. They sharpen each other, and they make each other better at golf. And so every time Brandon comes home from playing with Ryan, he's like, we weren't going to compete today. Like, we were just going to be chill and, like, hang out as friends. And then halfway through, I noticed that Ryan was keeping score on, like, a secret card. <laughs> so, yeah, they, uh, they like to, to spur each other on, for sure. But this is how our friendship should be with other believers, too, right? We, like, have to have friends in our life who sharpen our faith. We have to have people in our life who make us excited about the Bible and excited about our relationship with Jesus. I absolutely love when I walk into the Chi Alpha house and I hear the house guys talking about what they learn in their God times. Or they're standing in the kitchen and they're like, dude, I just like read this cool book about Jesus. Um, and I love that because it's in those moments that they're sharpening each other. They're getting each other excited about following Jesus together. So who in your life right now sharpens your faith? When you think about your friends, who are the people who make you want to know Jesus more? Like, who are the people who get you excited about abiding with God, like we talked about last week? Who are the people who encourage you to keep seeking the Lord when you're discouraged? We need those people in our life. And on the flip side, are there people in your life right now who do the opposite of those things? Do you have friends who make you question your faith or who lead you into things that you know aren't right? We have to be aware of that. And again, we don't, like, I'm not saying that because we can't have friends who are not believers, but those that we spend the most time with, those who are in our inner core circle of friends, those people need to be the people that sharpen your faith, not detract from it. Make sense? Okay, so true friends sharpen our faith. The third and final trait we're going to talk about tonight is that true friends engage in conflict and they practice forgiveness. So by a show of hands, how many of you guys, like, love conflict? You're like, oh my gosh, I love arguing. I love, like, being called out. Jackson, I don't know. We'll talk later. Um... 
probably, probably most of us don't love conflict, right? It just doesn't bring excitement in our minds. Um, and I bet there's a lot of us in, the r in this room who are even wondering, like, is conflict ever a good thing? Like, is that even ever a positive thing? I know married people who regularly talk about how they never have any conflict with their spouse, and that is like their mark they hold up is a healthy marriage. But is that actually true? Like, is the absence of conflict in a relationship or in a friendship actually a sign of health? Proverbs 27.6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. In other words, our friends are not just there to make us feel good, okay? In fact, if all you do is flatter your friends and tell them what they want to hear, it says you're actually acting more like an enemy than a friend. I'm going to say that one more time. If all you do is flatter your friends and tell them what they want to hear, you are actually acting more like an enemy than a friend. So guys, God calls us to be honest with our friends, he calls us to be honest if they've hurt us. He calls us to be honest when we're worried about the choices that they're making. He calls us to be honest when we see an area that they need to grow. He calls us to engage in conflict. So how exactly do, how, how do we do that well then? Like how do we engage in, a, in conflict in a healthy way? There's a couple different things. Um, the first is that we're going to go directly to the person. Okay, so grab your Bible again, and I'm going to have you flip to Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to look at verses 15 to 17. And I don't think that one is on. Oh, it is on the screen. Wow, go Nancy. Okay, um, Matthew 18, verses 15 to 17. It says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. So this is the biblical blueprint for any kind of conflict. If someone hurts you, if you're worried about them, if you need to bring up a sensitive issue, this is what you do. And specifically in verse 15, it says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. So go directly to your friend. That means don't vent about it with other people. It means don't just like stuff the issue and never talk about it. It means go directly to them. Guys, this is so important. Like, I don't think I can emphasize enough how important this is. Because one of the fastest ways not only to tear apart a friendship, but honestly to tear apart an entire community is when we either stuff our hurt or we talk about it with everyone else except for the person who actually hurt us. And if we stuff it and we don't process it in a healthy way, eventually that hurt is going to build and build and build and build in us, right? It's going to build up to resentment, and that resentment is going to probably come out in a way that you don't want it to come out. I've seen people walk away from Kyleful before. I've seen them walk away from church. I've seen them walk away from entire friend groups and subsequently stop growing in their faith just because they buried something that they should have talked about. And on the flip side, I've seen people talk about what someone did to them with everyone except for that person to the extent that the entire community has a really bad image of this person 
and the person doesn't even know they did anything wrong. <laughs> like, they don't even know they did something wrong because no one has told them. And so this is something that we really have to guard ourselves against. Because for most of us, I don't think it's actually the most natural thing to go directly to our friends when we have an issue, right? That's not the, e like, that's not the easy option. It's a lot easier to just stuff it. It's a lot easier to go talk to other people than to talk to the person directly, right? I know it is for me. So would you guys be on guard against these things? Before you, go to talk, before you go talk to someone else first, would you just check your motives? Because there are like genuinely times when we do need advice or we need prayer, but would you check your motives before you do that? Ask yourself, do I really need advice or do I just want to vent? Do I really need to process the situation first or am I just avoiding the issue? So let's check our motives. It must be people who work toward going directly to our friends and talk to them in an honest and loving way, okay? The second part of having healthy conflict, um, so that's the first part, is you go directly to them. The second part is that we get to forgive our friends. I'm just gonna touch on this briefly, um, but Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So when we have conflict with our friends, that means that we don't just walk away holding on to our frustrations, right? We go to the person, we work it out, and then we get to forgive because that's what Jesus did for us. So we get to forgive people. I'll never forget when me and Brandon were first married, I was honestly so terrified to have any kind of conflict. And honestly, I'm still not great at this. Like, I would never consider this a strength. Um, but I was really bad back then. <laughs> My go-to was I was a stuffer. I was like, I'm just gonna stuff everything down. I'm gonna pretend everything is fine because I never wanna like ruffle anything. And fortunately, that's not how Brandon operated. Brandon's great at this stuff. So when we were first married, if he had an issue with me or if he could tell that I had an issue with him that I was like stuffing down, he would bring it up and he would say like, hey, let's talk about this. And he didn't do it in like a mean way. He did it in a kind way. He did it in a way um, that was very honest, but with like a loving tone. And I remember at first when we'd have those conversations, I would get so stressed, like so stressed, because I'm like, oh my gosh, we're having conflict. Like, what does that mean? Um, but over time, I realized like it was just a great relief to communicate. It was a great relief to have open and honest communication because I never have to wonder if he's upset with me. I never have to guess, like, did I do something to hurt him? Is he frustrated with me? Because I know that he's going to just talk to me about it. And he, now that I've learned, <laughs> on the flip side, knows that I'm going to talk to him if I have an issue. Or if I see something in his life that I'm concerned about, he knows that I'm, like, trustworthy to tell him about that. And I'm confident, we're both confident, that we'll forgive each other. And this is what our, has made our relationship so healthy over the years and so much stronger. And I know that's like a marriage example, but I really believe that we can have this dynamic with our friends as well. Okay, because the Lord calls us to be people who practice healthy conflict, not just like for no reason, but because he knows it's actually going to lead us to deeper, stronger friendships. And so I encourage you guys just to like check yourself tonight and ask yourself the question, do I believe this? 
Do I believe that engaging in conflict and practicing forgiveness will actually lead to stronger, healthier, deeper friendships? And if I do believe that, am I willing to engage in it and am I willing to practice it? I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team up tonight as we close. Um, I have two things I want to challenge us with. The first is I want to challenge us to, be, to practice being true friends ourselves. Okay? Practice being true friends ourselves. You can ask yourself the question, how am I reflecting Christ in my friendships? John 13, 34 to 35 says, they will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. So the main way that people can tell you follow Jesus is by how you love your friends. That's like the main way. If they look at you and they're like, wow, they love, <laughs> they like love their friends in a different way. That is a reflection of you following Jesus. And that statement alone should make loving our friends be one of our top priorities, right? So when people watch how you interact with your friends, what do they see right now? Do they see you being reliable? Do they see your passion for sharpening others' relationship with Jesus? Do they see you having healthy conflict and practicing forgiveness? I'm sure that all of us can grow in these areas in some way, right? But I want to encourage you tonight, would you just pick one or two and set some specific goals? So for example, maybe you've noticed it's actually really hard for you to be there for your friends when they need something because maybe your schedule is so packed. Maybe a goal for you would be to create more margin in your schedule just so that you can be there and be more reliable for your friends. Or maybe if you, for you, you're like, oh man, I really struggle with forgiveness and I, I do feel like that bitterness in my heart. Maybe tonight, write down a list of all the people that you need to forgive and ask the Lord to help you work through that. And that might be a process. Um, but come up with goals that fit what you're going through right now. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is to think through your current friendships and talk with God about how they're influencing your life. Do you have people in your life who show up for you? Do you have people in your life who sharpen your faith and who aren't afraid of conflict? And if so, that's awesome. That's something to praise Jesus for, right? I'm so thankful for my friends who do that. And if not, talk to the Lord about if you need to make some adjustments. And by that, I don't mean like drastically cut people out of your life right now. I'm not saying that, but I do think it's worth asking the question, who is my inner circle? Like, who do I want influencing my trajectory? Who do I want influencing my character? So as the worship team plays tonight, I want to encourage you to spend some time processing those questions. And you can do that a lot of different ways. You can sit and journal for a few minutes. You can just talk to the Lord. You can grab a friend um, sometime during worship and talk to them about something that stood out to you. Just take some time tonight and reflect on those questions in some way. I'm going to pray to close us right now. Lord Jesus, I'm just so thankful, God, um, for who you are. Lord, I'm think so thankful that you give us friends. Jesus, I'm so thankful for the friends that you've put in my life. Um, I would not be who I am right now if it was not for those people. And so thank you, Jesus, for friends. God, I pray that you would give us great wisdom as we think about these things. I pray that you would great, give us great wisdom to know how to love our friends really well, to love them in a way that makes others like stop and take notice. 
Lord, I pray that you would provide each person in this room with people who are true friends to them and who will be friends for many, many years to come. Amen. Something we do in Chi Alpha and something we really value is being a people and a community that pray for each other. So actually in a couple songs, we're going to get in groups of two to three people um, and be praying for each other. So just keep that in mind.